Hey there, thanks for dropping in to listen to the Friday Reporter. I'm Lisa, your host, and for the last 25 years, I've worked in public affairs. And for those who don't know, that's where we take the hard questions for our clients from reporters. So to switch things up, I thought it'd be fun to flip things around. Remember that movie, Freaky Friday, where the characters traded places? You got it. That's the concept. So this time, we're going to ask reporters the questions. And we're going to have a little fun with it while we're at it. Well, thanks so much for joining me today for the Friday Reporter. This particular episode is one that I am very much looking forward to. My colleague and friend, Mike Catalini from the Associated Press, who works out of the State House Bureau in Trenton, New Jersey, is with me today. The reason why I'm super excited to have this conversation is because I started my career in uh, a year that I'm not going to name, in the New Jersey State House. Uh, I was an intern sharing a desk with another political operative that works in uh, Washington and national politics, sharing a desk, working on a uh, dot matrix printer and a a DOS-based computer typing out press releases and then marching them up to the uh, state house. uh, Well, basically it's a hallway where Mike worked. At least I hope hope it's going to get better because they're renovating the state house. Hi, Mike. Hi, how are you, Lisa? Thanks for having me. Great. Thank you so much for being with us. Tell me first, yeah. uh, are you back in the building? They're still renovating the state house. Is that yeah, happening? It is. Um, actually, Elise Young, who's a reporter, I think it was Elise, tweeted a picture of the state house. Now it has scaffolding all outside of it. And someone said it looked like a Borg ship from Star Trek. And it kind oh. of does now. It's like really, you know, it's supposed to be, I think, a four year renovation. And it looks like it's going to go a couple of years beyond that. Um, it just, it's just taken that long. It seems like for them to get the contractors in there, but they're beginning like the real heavy work now of like facelifting the outside. There was a lot of demo, I think in the beginning that you just couldn't tell what was going on, but I'm so glad they're doing that though. Cause that's one of the last original operating state houses in the country. I mean, I'm such a geek. I remember when they redid the dome, you know, this, the gold leaf that was on yeah. the outside of all of that. And, uh, do you remember the old, do you happen to remember the date of the oldest part of it? I, I I think it's 1792. Does that sound right? That There's sounds part right of it. to me. I mean, it's like I, 1792. You know, if you yeah. said it, yeah, yes, that sounds, <laughs> it does sound right. I mean, it is really right around the revolution. I mean, it's really, I think it's just so neat that it's still a working building and one where, I mean, at one point the, the Supreme court was in that building and, you know, so we've since government has since exploded. So it's not that way anymore. But, uh, but I do remember dropping press releases to reporters like yourself in that long, uh, very well-loved hallway where yes. you guys do the work that you do. Very charitable way to put it. It was, uh, it had a certain smell to it, uh, that hallway. I also remember that there may or may, or may not have been uh, other occupants that had four legs. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, sure, I suspect yeah. or, there was or more. <laughs> some of that. Uh, so Mike, but you started, um, you've got a great career. You obviously started, did, did you start at National Journal here in Washington, D.C.? Tell me a little about your background. Uh, yeah, sure. No, I started, um, I started at the Baltimore Sun right out of college. I went to Penn State and I started at the Sun as a copy editor in 2006. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon after that, I, I, I moved to the online edition of the Sun, still on the Sun building. At that time, the website and the newspaper were in two separate buildings. It was quite a situation and um i i was a web editor and kind of a ga like morning reporter for the web um and then i moved to sports for a few years at the sun mostly editing but doing some reporting too 
Fun. And I love, I, I love the Sun. I had great colleagues there. It's a great newspaper. It has such a great history. When I started there, I had four international bureaus. And by the time I left, like five years later, I, there were none. Um, if, I'm, if I'm getting that accurate, I hope oh, I'm right about that. Yeah. The news. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I left to go to National Journal in D.C. because I, I, was, I was involved in covering sports at, at the Sun. And I, I, I wanted to be in politics and I wanted to cover politics. So mm-hmm. it was a good move for me to go to National Journal. And um, I started there as a web editor again. And, and then I started covering K Street and lobbying. And I think that's how you and I met. Yeah. I covered the Senate before I left and got this job at the AP, to, which is basically back home. My family, um, I have Jersey roots. My dad's from Camden. My parents met uh, at the Flame Inn in Wildwood, New Jersey, which is no longer there. Cool. And yeah. um, and my, my wife's family and my family were both in this area around Trenton. And so this job opened up and I applied. I thought I had very little shot, but it, it worked out. And it's it's been great ever since. And we're back home near family. And, and uh, it, it, there's, as you know, like New Jersey is not a slow new state. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot to cover. I, so. And what people don't know is that what makes your job so interesting, I mean, not only because you're with the Associated Press and your byline runs in papers all across the country, uh, but the interesting thing about New Jersey is that there really that there is not a news market, that it is a Philadelphia and a New York City market. And there is a very, very small niche of reporters like yourself that cover New Jersey politics, which I think... I mean, it always, I thought, made me better at being a communicator because I really had to set myself on fire and run down State Street with flags and and fireworks in order to get reporters to cover what I cared about if it was something that wasn't happening in that small, uh, under-the-dome space because it is really a difficult place to do media. That's such a good observation, and and it's true. And, And as a reporter and a writer, too, especially for the AP, I think about, you know, if I'm going to write about some, you know, political battle, I mean, there's one going on now in the 37th district, Loretta Weinberg is retiring. She's the Senate majority leader mm-hmm. in the state Senate. She's retiring and there's a bit of a, a battle to, to succeed her. If I'm going to write about that, I have to think about, well, how do I write that in a way that is accessible to readers in a Philadelphia market in South Jersey? Or how do I write that in a way that people down the shore, like in Ocean County, care about that sure. um, and mama? So it's, 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 um, you know, it, it's, it's, I won't say it's a problem. It's just a, it's just a reality that you have to grapple with as a reporter too. It's a, it's a good point you make. I think it keeps, I think it keeps your mind sort of strategic too. Like how do I weave that? How do I weave that narrative in a way that makes good sense? Uh, statewide. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, it looks like you're covering a lot of different things. I mean, it looks to me like, and I'm not going to get into the news of the day, but it looks like the great thing about where you are is that you're covering legislative fights. You're covering, um, things that are happening locally. I mean, the, the breadth of what you cover is probably, uh, it keeps you very busy, but it also uh, keeps things interesting for you. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, one of the things I love about working at the AP is you're, everyone is sort of like a, a general assignment reporter one time or another. If there's big news, like a, um, like a big crash on the turnpike or the parkway, or uh, for example, um, the officer, one of the officers who was killed at the Capitol on January mm-hmm. 6th, his family was from Saddle River, I think. And mm-hmm. so I, I got dispatched to go try to find his family and friends. And so you're mm-hmm. always sort of pulled into the biggest news of the day, which is, which is really great in a way. You know, it kind of keeps you, keeps you, um, you know, reporting on what's happening right now. And you're just out in the community a lot. And it's, um, as you said, like the breath is, I mean, I say I cover state government and elections in New Jersey, but it's, it's really kind of, it can be anything. It really can be any kind of news. Um, New Jersey, we, we make all kinds of news all the time, and we certainly do uh, 
we're a little bit unconventional too. So I, I have to believe that it's a lot of fun, but Mike, yeah. we're now in turning the corner on year two with the quarantine and reporting really is a get out there and, you know, get into the, the news and the, uh, the information that you need in order to report. How has your world changed in the last 12 months? Uh, a lot, you know, I, I think a, a lot of us are working from home where that's no different for, for, um, for me at the AP. Um, I go to the governor's press conferences. I cover some of them remotely too. Um, you know, a good example of how my days can go, you know, today I was listening to governor Murphy was talking about the American rescue plan in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And I was watching the live stream and I hear my first grader shout out from downstairs, something about, you know, if he ever catches a leprechaun, he's going to ask if the leprechaun can get him a Dodge charger, you know, my oh. first graders in, in zoom school. So <laughs> and I, uh, that, th- those sort of like random overheard zoom school, uh, uh, anecdotes, uh, are peppered throughout my days when I work at home, but I do go, I do go over, I do go into Trenton pretty frequently. Um, and if I have to go across the state, I do, but it's been, it's been different. I mean, usually I'm out of the state house, so it's, it's just been, um, the, the legislature is working from remotely too, or they were for a while. I think they're back in person now. They decided to go back in person. So okay. I'll be over there with them. But yeah, it's just, it's different. And how different. has that changed? Because, you know, flax like myself, who used to walk the halls of the, of the bureau, uh, how is, how is pitching? Like, how is communication coming in to you? Like when, when communication staff or when legislative staff or governor staff, when they're checking in with you, are there, are there news hooks you're looking for? Are there things that you're looking for? I mean, you said that you obviously want to make it so that it uh, shows the breadth, breadth of the issue from, you know, Monmouth County to, to uh, Cape May County, but how, what, tell me a little bit about how the news looks for you today as it relates to what's working, what's breaking through. Yeah, I, I thought about this question um, uh, a little bit. And uh, to answer what you're saying right now, I'm just thinking about the state house renovation. And actually, sort of that was a good primer for this lockdown period that we've all been in for a year because the, the, the New Jersey state house is under renovation. And so we were moved to a different part of the state house in the annex building. Mm-hmm. And so we were no longer, I mean, the, the governor's press secretary used to be across the hall from us. The legislative right. press secretaries used to walk up to, it was called, it, it still is called press row would walk up to press row and talk to us. Mm-hmm. So we hadn't been doing that for a couple of years now while the building has been under renovation and it's been a lot more phone calls. It's been a lot more trips to go get coffee um, to get at the idea of what I think works with a pitch. I mean, I, it's not hard to, I think my first piece of advice would be, it's not hard to know what a reporter covers. It's not hard to Google a reporter and see the kinds of things she reports on or he reports on. And, and I, I would advise someone who's going to make a pitch to make sure you know who you're pitching to and like, is the topic relevant? And, and then for me, if, I don't mind a phone call. I mean, I know, I know people, um, I, I think some people probably find it a little intrusive to, to get a phone call and it might take you off track and you lose focus on whatever you're working on at the moment. But if you can't answer the phone, you won't, if I can't answer the phone, I won't answer the phone, but I don't mind getting on the phone with um, a communications person if they have something to pitch me on, because I can just I can just kind of go through a checklist of questions in my own mind. Like, is this newsworthy? Do I need to pay attention to this right now? Like, do I need to triage this? Like, can I get to this later? Are you telling me something that I already know or that I don't know, but I want to follow up on? I, I think phone calls work really, mm-hmm. really well. And I, I mean, if we can ever get together and get coffee again, um, when that's safe to do, I think like, you know, that's like a time honored 
tradition as well and also a functional one it's time honored because it works but i i, I will say like you know, know who you're pitching and and don't i won't be bothered if you call me on the phone sure me a ring that's fine well i feel like the the phone has to come back online too the one thing i say often i know emails are easiest for both the communicator and and oftentimes for the reporter because it, precisely to, to your point is that you're writing and if you get a call that interrupts that that could interrupt the flow of what you're working on for the day and i get that but yeah. because we can't step out because we can't go grab coffee and do people always say like you you are probably the most caffeinated person i know lisa because i do do a lot of coffees but i also yeah. feel like it's a great opportunity for me to pick your brain about you know mike what are you caring about today because a lot of times that could shift i mean maybe two weeks ago you were really focused in on the legalization of marijuana but today we're looking yeah. at the vaccines and we're looking at sort of the progress there your your change i need to be able to get a sense of that not just from your reporting but also from a conversation and because we can't do coffee you got to pick up the phone. I, 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 I agree. It's hard. It's we're going back to the old ways of picking up the telephone and dialing that number, but it really does make a great difference. Yeah. I, you know, sometimes you get a pitch through email and they're, they're, they're just, um, I don't know. Sometimes they just don't grab you the way like a phone call would, you know, or it's easy to kind of, I mean, not, not even, maybe they won't grab you at all because you missed it. You know, they, we get a lot of, we get a lot of emails and things sure. kind of get snowed under, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you're up in the Northeast. And because this is the Friday Reporter, uh, I always like to ask my guests, what is it you're most looking forward to doing this weekend? Yeah, I think it's going to be nice this weekend. I don't think as nice as yesterday. I, I just want to get outside with my kids. My son's been in my, I have a first grader who's been into soccer. I think we're going to play some soccer in the backyard nice. and just, just be outside. We don't have specific plans. That's so great. But Yeah. It's yeah. so it's a, it's spring is spring is coming. I mean, really, I think that it's it's really and people are really ready to get out of their houses. I know I feel the same way. Yeah, for sure. We we the one day that was like 70 degrees this week, we made burgers on the grill and just were outside as much as possible. At the end somebody of the day. said it's, it's like the salve. It's the salve for our poor quarantine hearts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feel, that's which that's feels good. right. That's which totally line. feels right. Uh, so, Absolutely. final question: uh, I yes. like to ask because I really I want to know who you listen to and who you pay attention to and what reporters you think are doing great work. So, Mike, who would you most like to hear uh, join me as a future guest for the podcast? Have you talked to um, Tim Alberta, who's been kind of setting the world on fire? I, I have think. not. Yeah. That's a great recommendation. Yeah. Yeah, Tim's at the Atlantic now, I think. He was at Politico, mm -hmm. and I think now he's at the Atlantic. Cool. Yeah, Tim was great. Well, I oh. will tell Tim that you nominated him for a future <laughs> episode. Great. Uh, great. And, that, and that's been the reason why I do that, too, is because, Mike, you know, you know well, not only does that help. I always, I always do that, even if I were to call you and say, who at the Associated Press should I talk to about Pennsylvania, yeah, I would call you first because sure. I don't know your colleague there, but you might be able to help me make that introduction. Yeah. And so that's always my final question for the podcast because it's also the way that I do my communication business anyway. So I feel like it's a great practice to stay in. Um, yeah, it's a good idea. Well, Mike, thanks so much. I hope for you a speedy uh, renovation at the State House and a speedy return to in-person school for your first grader. It was so great to have you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Lisa. It was good to talk to you. Thanks. And that's today's episode of the Friday Reporter. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time.
On the morning of August 1, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery and I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects.